Hello, film friends. Programming note, we recorded this episode before the writer strike ended, and we don't want you getting confused, getting upset, shaking your fists in our general direction, etc., etc. So, anyways, on with the show. Ahoy out there, film friends, friends of film, and everyone in between. Welcome to the Film Folklore Podcast. I am Judd Props, and with me today are my bosom chums and cohorts. Uh, We have Joe A.D. Yo! We have Zoe Props. Hello! We have Chris A.D. Hello! And sound guru Justin at the helm. Hi there! All right. So we have um, our second uh, discussion, and then next week we will get into our interviews, which will be our standard format. Um, But uh, we're going to talk about the strike situation today a little bit, and um, we're going to get into that in a minute. Um, And I was trying to think of something to talk about before we got into the heavier material. So um, texting with a friend recently that we all know, uh, we were talking about that some of these food kitchens that we're being told are available to us, which uh, that's where we're at, uh, realistically. We have come to this place. (laughs) We have our unions telling us where food kitchens are. So we were, you know, in our way of um, Americans um, that we use humor to cope, um, we were calling them soup lines and talking about 1920s Depression era. And in New Orleans, po' boys were originally poor boys. And you got that debris gravy uh, on some bread, and that's what it was. And so that brought me all the way to this thing of, I wanted to ask you all today, if you're in a soup line of this sad situation, what soup would be most appropriate uh, uh, that you think um, would, would help with the sadness of the situation? It doesn't help, but the first thing that comes at my brain is W2 soup. <laughs> but like, a, like a wonton soup, but like instead of the seaweed, it's all... It's just your past W2s. It's your past W2s. And, and, you, and you can just remember each job as, yeah. as you sip. It's good. You know? Uh, I'm imagining uh, the Simpsons Treehouse of Horror <laughs> where the teachers are eating and cooking the students. And oh, I, yeah. I imagine those PA meat. Yeah. That they're oh, yeah. serving we up. We would definitely eat the PAs first. <laughs> Wait, no, it was yeah, like, this meat is really yes, tough. Yeah. yeah. And I, this I think- is. That's for the side, all of us. It, yes. little, yeah. it yes. tastes yeah. tired and stringy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's got a gaminess to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I imagine it, it's it's that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like that. PA meat. Um <laughs> we all know we all know as sad as it is, the PAs are the first to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry guys. Sorry guys. Yeah, nothing personal. We love yeah. the PAs. Yeah. I was thinking about like a really gross, un uh, appetizing and appealing and color and taste split pea soup. Uh-huh. Just a green, just a good gross shitty uh-huh. soup that's just not real good. strike soup. Yeah, yeah. that sludge both visually and and also just personally one of my least favorite soups. But I mean, I've totally just I've soylent green. It's, yeah. yeah. Have you ever seen someone try to make it look nicer or fancier? Like it's served from a restaurant special, maybe. Sure. It it still doesn't and look they, better. They, they they finish it with a little drizzle of olive oil. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. It just looks like maybe here's some bacon bits, lipstick. and it's yeah. like yeah, bacon yeah. makes everything better. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this soup needs texture. It's lipstick on a pig. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But it would have to be turkey bacon because it'd have to still suck worse. So that's true. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Justin, what you got? <laughs> 
Oh, soup. Let's see. Um, maybe a soup made of streaming subscription. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe it's the the smaller streamers that are going defunct uh, because they can't afford to stay. Like a. Um, who are some of the free ones that aren't doing well right now? Freevee. I think Amazon is Freevee. But I thought Freevee was doing really well, though, right? Are they? I didn't think they were. Oh, I don't know. I'm, I don't I know how the Freevee. streamers are do it with the streaming is doing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Well, you got the smaller ones. They're like the free ones. that doing well enough to drive us all out of our mortgages. Exactly. <laughs> 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 there you go. Yeah. But, uh, and, and like, I also don't understand, like, you know, Netflix is, how much is it a month now? 16 something uh, it's it a keeps lot going up yeah. steadily keeps going up right yeah. but i mean it, you know it's like I know. they're hurting over there you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey, guys uh, everybody listening please come, come support netflix you know yeah. they're, they're, they're not doing too well these days you know don't don't share your passwords yeah but, don't share your passwords <laughs> by the way that hurts the crew members yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, only, they only have like 300 billion dollars i think they're but they're is that, hurting. Is that That's right? not enough money. Is that how they're getting so much money? Is literally just through subscriptions? I mean, they got it. Like, There's probably it some advertising like- related, but yeah, I would say subscriptions is the main thing. I think so because that's the whole isn't that like the whole I, I don't know and this is I, an idiot, I'm an idiot Topic I'm for a today. total idiot uh, yeah I'm an idiot <laughs> but I was under the understanding that when like a new show is released uh, that they keep it on or will renew the season or something based on how many new people came to Netflix or whatever during uh, that time. yeah during that time like hey we we yeah we uh joined netflix or whatever whatever just to watch thing. this show. just to watch this or maybe it's not even to watch that show or, i'm not but that's what i, I was un- thought that that was a, like if they release something new then it's about the One new the people metrics. that came right while that was being released i, I think that w- maybe one of their angles we are it, then, that or maybe that's another streaming thing i'm sure they have different ways of calculating we are going to get into that I'm a little bit I'm not a numbers bit. guy yeah cuz that you are you are dancing around one of the one Oh my numbers too good uh, yeah I don't yeah. I can't I can't do past 2 21 it's the highest number right yeah. oh. no, it goes yeah. 1 2 second, second 2 second. Yes. <laughs> throwback yeah. Um, uh, so yeah I mean um, um, we're we're doing the best we can uh, making jokes when it's a very crappy situation for all of us caught in between. So we've got no time to waste today as we're all uh, jerking around, especially me, um, as we're going to attempt to boil down haha, uh, this industry strike mess as best we can. Uh, we're going to shed some light on the crew casualties that are kind of lost in the mix, uh, including Teamster friends and the like. Um, and at the end of the episode, uh, we're going to include some places that you guys can donate and help out. Should that be something that you are capable and kind enough to do? And, um, I'm going to kind of take a weird way to get us into this. Um, Zoe, in your opinion, who's the man? Like the man, like we're talking oh, yeah. like school of rock. Oh the yeah. Man. The man, the mm-hmm. man, yeah. like, in, like on, on set. And just who's the man to you in general? I mean, coppers, probably. Coppers? Like, we're talking, like, the man. The man. Like, authority. The, you know, he's getting you down. You know. Um, who's getting me down? Am <laughs> uh, I the man? I'm the one putting uh, down. On the next it's episode me. of Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh. Uh, 
I guess in general, I don't know. I guess I would say coppers. Yeah. Coppers, all right. Yeah. Government. Government. There you go. I now say government. I yeah. yeah, that's the real one. Yeah. Cut out the other part. Hey, things that I said. Yeah. You I'm would, looking at this list <laughs> you've got here. Oh, yeah. And that's, this is, that, that's where I'm getting this towards. That's it. But to me, I think Bob Iger, and I we can get into it a little bit, but his comments on <laughs> let them bleed. Oh, his Marie Antoinette comments? Yeah. <laughs> Golly, uh, that's the man. Right although there. I will say, what's interesting is how he's been singing a different tune more recently. As Disney he sure swiveled, has hemorrhaged over a billion dollars in contract cuts and things, and a billion dollars that, by the way, could have uh, helped keep uh, the entire working industry afloat in <laughs> the whole time that they're not doing anything. Yeah. But um, Joe is referring to um, a little thing that I had put into our notes that's uh, from MSNBC. It's talking about the highest paid Hollywood executives in the last five years. And when I was asking Zoe about the man, what I was wanting to segue us to is these CEOs. It's not just film. You know, everybody's go find two smart drunk guys in a bar. They'll be talking about oligarchies or some dumb thing like that. Mm -hmm. But that's basically, you know, there's a truth and a reality that we do have a big disparity going on between like the small you know upper class uh, these top people and then the disappearing middle class and the growing lower class which we've been listening to pretty much our whole lives and even though everybody warns about it we all just keep watching it happen and the film industry is no different in that regard so looking at a couple of these guys here these are ceos of companies and you have to question what do they actually bring to the table that warrants these paychecks. Um, so in the last five years, for example, David Zaslav, who's Warner Discovery, has uh, he himself has earned, earned, I'll put in quotes, uh, nearly half a billion dollars, 498 million uh, to be exact. And, you know, I mean, yeah, they just bought HBO and got rid of the HBO name altogether, which is weird, but whatever. You would think the max one would go, you know, whatever. But yeah, no, yeah and, and also Discovery somehow <laughs> keeps sticking around in this whole Warner Discovery thing. I like watching Mike Rowe and Dirty Jobs. Oh man, Dirty Jobs, great show. Yeah. Shout out Mike Rowe. We love um, Mike Rowe. It's, yeah. It's a noble job. Only place he ever went to twice, do you all know? New Orleans? Cut off Louisiana to the alligator farm. It's the only place he ever went back to. Is that it the place with the tours and everything too? They got the little fan boats. And the yeah, and one of his one of his dirty jobs there was sticking his finger in alligators to find out if they're male or female to separate them because it was the babies. Nice. So it's just him sticking his finger in alligators. <sighs> More power to you, man. Uh, Y'all go look that up online. It's really great. So even like uh, if I take the cheapest name on this list, which I can't even see what company that is. Patrick Whitesell. What does he do? That's, um, um, other than be a douche. Endeavor um, Group. Okay. Endeavor even, Group. Endeavor Group, whatever that is. Well, he's still, in the last five years, got uh, roughly $143 million. It's just an insane gross amount of money. And if you really want to boil all this strike mess down, it's people just, everybody wants their fair share of the pie. That's really all it is. At the end of the day, it's an argument about what the fair share of the pie is. And we need to make some kind of differentiating here so that everyone can understand what we're going to be talking about. In Endeavor Group is um, UFC, MMA kind of stuff, sports, wrestling, mm. that kind of thing. Well, he oh he he earned it. Then I take back what I said about that guy. <laughs> um, Looks like that's what they mainly. Okay, to. who wants to explain above the line, below the line? I know. Don't jump on it. 
Not me. I'm dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so to answer that, Zoe's below the line. (laughs) We are all below the line. (laughs) But I mean, I I would like this explained to me because I, uh, I mean, every time I think I know, there's something that I don't know. Right, right. There's always a surprise. The line can be a murky place. It is a murky place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Straight line. Technically, in the DGA, y'all are above the line and below the line all inside of your uh, guild. Inside the guild, we have both. They don't like y'all. They don't. (laughs) Stay down there. Everybody hates ADs. Yeah. They do. That's true. DGA, we love you so much. Including me. So much. That's why, yeah, this whole thing. You know what the DGA told me? What? Get out. <laughs> they, they hate you the most. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> they me up. Have you that's, met that guy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's up. the man. That was, <laughs> that's the man. That was the award. You're the man. <laughs> I'm, I'm the man that they all hate. Yeah, that was the award that I got. <laughs> you yeah, hated the one. Yeah. There's a picture of me. Going, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, yeah. Anyway, we don't know what that is. Well, the truth is that I think all of us have an idea of what it is, but we probably need some producer that um, uh, is quote unquote smarter than us to tell it. But kind of, uh, I'm going to sidestep for a second to a uh, thing Chris just said that we are also a very odd industry in that, in many ways, but in the, in that we don't generally promote from within in logical ways. So um, I just want to make a point to what Chris said. Let's say, for example, let's say we'll use Chris as an example. Let's say Chris has been a first AD for 20 years and you have these producers going, uh, looks like we're going to look, we're going to lose the director. He's going to walk off set. What are we going to do? And it's like, here's a guy standing right here with 20 years experience as a first AD. But what happens? They'll go, you know, my nephew just graduated from AFI. He always wanted to be a director. <laughs> let's bring him in. So that's what will happen. Two true (laughs) all the time and i in more recent years have started to have the older i get and the younger some producers get and the uh, i don't want to knock all producers or anything but there's certainly some producers that don't really seem they know much about much anything and it it does kind of make you a little jaded as as a below the line person and so um, you start going like, well, why couldn't I do that job? You know, like I listened to a woman, I'll keep the show nameless, but a woman that looked like she wasn't even 30 years old talking to a director about how she was looking at dailies where we had shot uh, a 1980s prison. Um, and I overheard her at Village talking to this director and she just said, you know, I thought everything looks great. Y'all are doing a great job. You know, I questioned the prison a little bit. It didn't look very 80s to me. And as she's saying, I'm like, were you even alive at that time? Like, and what makes you a prison expert? Like, she wanted more side ponytails in the prison. Neon. Had to be, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, what what are you ponytails? (laughs) What reference are you? Single side. There should be a Tiffany poster on that wall. (laughs) Yeah, it's a prison. They look like shit. They've looked, they've always looked horrible. I don't watch Shawshank and I'm like, hmm. And yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah, that's not those, period accurate. That's those moments when you hear that kind of stuff that you you try to not roll your eyes, and you have those moments where you take a deep breath and you're like, "It's fine, it's fine." You know, they're making probably at least double what I make, but that's fine. Yeah. And you go on with your day. Um, so, to give, I guess, my 
opinion of above the line below the line it sort of draws where if you say actors producers writers directors are above the line and generally anyone i didn't name is below the line that's basically what it's at Mm -hmm. why they call that the line and all that i don't know but it certainly does feel like very mason dixon-esque in a uh, film sense that's that, dark but true yeah i know it's, i know yeah, well I mean, yeah we got a lot of depressing things in here that we're going to try and keep light buckle um, up everyone yeah buckle up so getting back into um how ceos suck <laughs> so <laughs> uh so um one of the things that's going on with the strike when it comes to uh actors and writers currently on strike is it's basically this you could kind of call it a pissing contest who can hold out longer, you know, all these different ways to look at it. But generally, there's this argument about the ability to make original content versus, say, reality TV versus uh, using AI to write. And everyone's experienced chat GPT by now. And yeah, there's a lot of debate. You can go online, look at all that. We're not going to get deep into that because uh, there's plenty of stuff online to go. I recommend Deadline or Hollywood Reporter. They'll tell you plenty. But just some stats to kind of wrap y'all's brains around the insane amount of money that is uh, happening. I put some kind of stat stuff in here, but uh, let's see. Joe, do you want to, you don't have to read like that part, but if you want to give them. Well, I was reading this is fascinating. It's pretty crazy, right? Human brains have not evolved to understand large numbers. As a result, we tend to vastly underestimate how large 1 billion is, which is true. Like, that's like a, I mean, it is a noun, but it's like an, it's a, it's an image in your head more, now more than an actual number. Mm-hmm. Mm. One million seconds equals eleven days. One billion seconds equals thirty-two years. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> One, two, 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 <laughs> second, second, <laughs> third, second. I know numbers. So basically, if you wanted second. to count your one billion dollars by hand, singles. It would take you. It would take thirty-two s- years. Yeah. I mean, granted, you're doing all one one percent per second. Then never sleep. Yeah. You and would also sleep. need, which is how eats. I count my money. <laughs> yeah. Single dollar bills. Yeah. Once, once licking the thumb between you, each yeah. one. You would need a Scrooge McDuck silo. That's probably like the <laughs> Sears Tower. Yeah. To keep all your billion singles in away from the Beagle yeah. Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a gross amount of money. Yeah. Okay. How's how's this? That good? Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Okay. Whenever whenever I'm ready. Okay. Here we go. Uh, Hey everybody, it's Joe. I wanted to tell you about an awesome deal from SoundHard. Whether you are a film or television professional, a podcaster, content creator, musician, studio engineer, or even just a guy like me that doesn't know where to begin, SoundHard offers a wide range of equipment to handle any size production or budget with expert advice available from an experienced team that works in the field. And now SoundHard is offering new customers 25% off your first rental. Just enter promo code FILMFOLK25, that's F-I-L-M-F-O-L-K-2-5, no spaces at checkout terms apply go to soundhard.com for details what you got for the next one me you want me to read it yeah or anybody yeah uh it would cost 20 billion to end homelessness in the united states mike bloomberg could do that tomorrow and still have 28 billion to his name halting global warming could cost 300 billion 
the world's 10 richest people could each throw in 30 billion and still have three, 386 billion among themselves. Many of us are only one really bad year, one medical issue, one lost job from complete financial ruin. Absolutely none of us are one really good year away from becoming billionaires. Yeah, and then we could skip down to one more. And then uh, uh, once you look at the, the two ways to become a billionaire. Number one, inherit it. 44% of all billionaires are, are have inherited their wealth. Two, cold-blooded, merciless exploitation of the working class. <laughs> if you make 156 k a year, triple the U.S. median income, it would take you six thousand four hundred and ten years to earn a billion dollars if you make the federal minimum wage here we go it'd take you almost seventy thousand years to make a single billion dollars a billionaire is not working seventy thousand times harder than a janitor (laughs) labor creates wealth yes okay thank you joe um all right i need a drink yeah i know right so um we didn't want to go heavy into statistics, but just wanted to throw a little bit out there to kind of wrap your head around the absurdity of some of this stuff. And it's like, it's not talking about being socialist where it's like equal distribution of the wealth, but you also have to have some things within reason when you're seeing the polarization going on uh, with our world currently. Um, and I'm going to talk a minute for the AMPTP. That is the uh, negotiating entity um, for um, all these... Um, rich whatevers um i'm just trying so hard to not say something um and that is uh what the uh, association of motion picture television producers um it's uh, a little bit of a misleading uh name because there's separately the pga uh which is the producers guild of america separate entity yeah right. yeah um but I, I found um this interesting stuff that um um didn't want to go into the whole detail. I may, if I get our social media stuff uh, up, I might post some of this stuff just as like a, if you want to read on your own. But um, uh, basically, they tout um, how they're a, this conglomerate of 397 um, companies. But if you really boil it down, it's they're all owned by the same people. So these 397 companies are not actually 397 independent companies. They're really more like 20 companies that own all the other 377 <laughs> kind of thing. So it's pretty nuts. So maybe Chris or Joe, when things broke down with the WGA, DGA was next on the table. Your guild came in. And it seemed like quite a breeze comparatively to what we're still seeing with the other two. So what if you can you all like uh, just briefly kind of explain like why everything was um, swift, easy? Uh, Was there discussion about holding out uh, or anything like that? They don't mess with us. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't, um, Joe, if you have something better to add, but like. From my understanding, I mean, a lot of just like, you know, SAG and the writers, their issues are just with streaming, you know, and it's this new thing. It's this new technology and nobody really knows how to quantify it appropriately to be able to get residuals to those people, to the to the actors and to the writers, which 
back in the day when we had things that were on networks, it was like you knew exactly how many eyeballs had seen the thing and you were you were paid um, in a corresponding way. Your residuals. Now, because anybody can watch anything at any time, they don't really, I think, understand how they're going to do that. And is it in perpetuity? And then how how do we how do you do it? So ours was just much more about the DGA's negotiations, as far as I know, were just much more about let's make it just a little bit sweeter for the hours that we were. And then that was it. Yeah. You know, it was kind of just, yeah, that old school stuff. The what do you want your time push back? So you know, get some overtime negotiations and stuff like that. And that was it. But and that was it. So yeah. The- also, they don't mess with, with, with us. <laughs> it's kind of weird. I think DGA has some really good negotiators too. Like, you know, love you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> But it was yeah. also positioned in such a with such a no way where it's like things got so hot with WGA or uh, WGA was striking already. I can't. I'm sorry, all Yeah, they just, were. They were. They were. Yeah. And we come in, <clears throat> and SAG's right in line, and it's. And it, I'm sure that it, we were able to siphon in a lot of the things that we wanted, had kind of you know shored up as line items to you know negotiate that you know it was easy. It was just get them out of the way. Oh yeah, we talked about that five years ago. We talked about that five years ago because I think. Some of the things that DJ is really good at is putting out things ahead so that everybody can think about it rather than it being this hot button thing. I know streaming, the, the residuals have been coming and AI and all that stuff is kind of here all of a sudden. So it's a, it's a, you know, this ice bucket challenge for everybody. Just like, <laughs> oh, like, how do we do this? Whereas we had some of these things that were just easily like, oh, yeah, I remember that. Okay, great. Sign, just sign, just sign kind of thing. Is how it felt anyway. Yeah. And then um, uh, Zoe had kind of mentioned it earlier. Chris kind of touched on it briefly, but that's, I think, what really needs to get laid out for where a lot of this fight is happening is because of those subscriptions, because of those streamers. It, it doesn't fit what the old model was. And these companies, these mega cores, Disney, whatever, they are generating more money coming out of the pandemic shutdown than anyone's ever seen before. And then there's also a larger demand for content than ever before, a lot of it streaming online. And writers and actors, these above the line people who get residuals, not people like Zoe and myself, but whatever. <laughs> um, they, um, you know, it's like, that's the way they were getting their money. It's the status quo what they were used to. And now that the business model has changed, they want to move with the business model. But then on the other side of it, those mega companies that are your Netflix or your Disney um, uh, streaming side of Disney or whatever, or even Apple TV, which is Apple's already admitted that they were just kind of an experiment to see how TV world works. And um, which if you've worked on an Apple show, Jesus. Anyway, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) they got some learning to do. I'll tell you that. Um, But uh, they don't want to release publicly their subscription information because they feel that that would affect their stocks and their shareholders and everything if that information is public. And their argument is that people pick up uh, prescriptions, they pick up subscriptions and they get rid of subscriptions uh, willy nilly a lot of times throughout a year. So you can't really count them as like a regular subscriber. And that's their argument. SAG and, and WGA are like, uh, we don't care about that. We just we want you to be honest with the information so that we can calculate stuff. So I think that's kind of what's at the core there. And it definitely is the streamers that are making a lot of that difficult. The AI part, I think, is kind of just wanting to get the language in there now. 
It's I don't think anyone's afraid that like this time next year, AI is going to be writing the next uh, Shawshank Redemption or something like that. Right. I think it's more that get the language in the contracts now. And um, and that's something that a foundation we can build on in future negotiations. Sure. And then the last thing I'll say to that, one thing that I thought was really cool when it came to SAG was standing up for background. Did y'all see that part of it? I did. I did, yeah. I did that was not. cool. Yeah. It was cool. Do you want to talk a little bit about it, Zoe? Um, yeah, they, because uh, that was kind of an AI thing too, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted to uh, scan. For a very small nominal fee. They yeah, want to be able yeah, to my, scan and own yeah. background extras. And ba background background makes uh you know as much as pas if not you know less um less you yeah. know they're they work just as long as ours they don't make good money so basically they were trying to put something in where they can just like scan their likeness and use them for a day and like duplicate them uh kind of thing and yeah sag sag stood up for stood him. up for him which yeah. is cool because yeah what well if you think about what? it because they get shit on and they, like, yeah they get shit on. but then also yeah. you know um okay sure maybe you don't care about background and if their likeness gets scanned but you might care about like the additional uh background costumer that they sure. bring in or mm -hmm. you know the additional makeup artist additional props people to prop up those people you know what i mean so right. yeah scanning that one person's likeness is not just that one person losing a gig for the next week out or whatever, uh, however long they're needed, but also other ad additional players, uh, film workers that could that could be working uh, yeah. because of these uh, totally yeah. artists. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it was total bullshit that yeah. like, oh, we're just going to scan you once, we're going to pay you for a day, and then yeah. we'll use your image in perpetuity. Until the end no. of time. For, for yeah, uh, forever. Yeah. Forever and ever. It's the most straight up sci-fi creepy requests yeah like, it is just, and well, that's and, what you know like with your ai thing get, yeah get it get ahead of it like ai is moving very very quickly we don't know really maybe what direction it's going in so mind as well put some uh i don't know regulations in sure. there now before I don't know, yeah no no 100%. something yeah. yeah so uh uh that's that's definitely um uh when it comes to say like the background i had this thought that like uh if if one background extra went around to every major company and for $100 said, you can scan my face, they get to walk out of a door with a stack of cash for maybe $800. And you might say, all right, hey, you just made $800 today. And you also lost the rights to your own face for the end of time. <laughs> so, yeah. mm, I mean, you know, you make your own call there as a person, but it's yeah. the worst. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> unbelievable. It's yeah. just crazy that and, somebody had the audacity to propose. So that's another thing that's kind of interesting in these negotiations as they keep breaking down and everything is um, that after each breakdown, the AMPTP releases um, what they were offering each round. And they're going like, hey, we don't know why these people won't agree with us. We're offering unprecedented wage increases, unprecedented retirement bonuses, blah, blah, blah. They, they are touting all these things they're offering. What they never mention is what they want. That's That has yet to ever be. And so where we got a window into what they want was when SAG was like, absolutely not with the background. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. yeah. So that's where you get a little window into like what they're asking for. And and that's going back to why I say Bob Iger is the man. I know he swiveled the boat around, but he's just so 
crusty with that shit. Oh. That he said, they're being, what did he say? I'm going to misquote him. They're being unreasonable. Like these people, are, he said of all SAG and writers, these people are being unreasonable. Let them go until their mortgages, they can't pay their mortgages and blah, mm -hmm. blah, blah. Yeah. I think I, Gross. I, I could be misquoting him, but also I think he said, I'm a shitty human and I suck. I <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, if you play it in reverse, it's like a Chicago record. Possible you misquote. Play it backwards. And Don't like, quote oh, me on that misquote. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. All right. So, anywho. <laughs> also, uh, Zoe, you'll like this. In my in my notes, I had so long dental plan. Yep. Lisa needs braces. <laughs> dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> the... The last thing I guess that we can kind of close on uh, with this, because the we don't know where the end is in sight. There's a lot of people trying to predict. No one seems to know. I would say if we haven't seen resolution by October, we should probably not bank on prepping much <laughs> before next year. But uh, but we, we could be wrong. Maybe uh, tomorrow uh, suddenly everything gets done. One thing that's for sure. Have you ever noticed they love resolving these things on like a Saturday? Like when no one's paying attention, the news is distracted. Like suddenly, like Saturday, you'll just get like a little snippet and a news ticker at like it, like it was eight, eight, you know, page eight news kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. But uh, yeah, we all hope that it ends soon. And then next year, Teamsters, and then last but not least, the largest union and also the weakest union, IATSE, that is Zoe and mine. Um, that's the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Oh, and Justin. Um, that's when we're going to have our rounds of negotiations. And the sad truth is that... Next year already? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> but don't worry. I mean, I'm we're also destitute that we can't afford to strike. So you don't have to worry. <laughs> we have no other leg to stand on. So I'm pretty sure we'll get a rubber stamp deal that will suck. We'll probably get an automatic 3% increase that they always do, even though inflation is moving faster than 3%. So yes. we'll lose money in the process. That'll be fun. Oh, I ought see leadership. I hope you do well. Uh, so anyway, in, in wrapping this up, because uh, we just wanted to kind of touch on it, be a little informative, but really we also want to kind of shed light that uh, a lot of the workers kind of caught in the middle of this have all been uh, suffering while it's like uh, adults have a money fight, basically. You just feel like they're throwing cash at each other while you're in the other room with a pillow up to your ears. So, vivid. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so... What we're asking anyone that might have the ability or maybe uh, you want to be supportive, we would love for you to cancel your subscriptions. Um, you get to save a few bucks while you do it until this gets resolved. We also understand that companies like Disney uh, have your kids lured like a happy meal. Um, so maybe that's a little hard for you to cut that cord. But if you are in any of the major states that most production happens in, that's California, New York, Louisiana, Georgia, can't forget them. Uh, and then uh, oh, New Mexico, Texas, maybe ascending on the horizon. We don't know yet. Keep an eye on Texas. But those are kind of like the major spots in the US, Canada, what would be Vancouver, I guess. And um, if you're Quebecois, you'd be in the Montreal, Quebec City area. But you can help uh, in a variety of ways if uh, cutting the cord on your uh, streaming isn't enough. But keep an eye on your legislation in your state. Uh, support pro-film, film equals jobs. It's as simple as that. And there's places you can donate to help, especially if you know someone that may be hurting right now um, that needs help in the industry. Obviously, uh, we're not 
funded by better help but maybe if we keep talking about mental health we'll get them um but you know mental health very important so if you know someone that is having these hardships you know make sure they're checking on your friends checking on your family um and then um the largest fund is called the entertainment community fund it's the largest hardship supporter for workers in our world you can go to entertainmentcommunity.org and donate there's a really cool startup uh, that a bunch of actors and uh, writers uh, who are noticing, IATSE and uh, Teamsters who are hurting, uh, they are called the Union Solidarity Collective. And they are Tusk, T-U-S-C. And they are at tusktogether.com. I believe currently they're raising money to help people keep their health insurance afloat. I think that's what their current thing is. If you're Los Angeles specific um, and you want to support Los Angeles specific workers, there's the Motion Picture and TV Fund. They can be found at mptf.com slash donate. And last but certainly not least, our PAs. We want to give a shout out to PAs. They're already horrifically underpaid. We've talked about that in a different uh, thing. But does anyone want to get on a soapbox for a second for PAs? Anyone? (laughs) Love you guys. Yeah. Noble profession. This is a noble, noble profession. profession. <laughs> I I don't I have no earthly idea how a PA. I mean, obviously a PA went and got another job. I mean, there's no way you're writing the storm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <you know>, <laughs> PAs are probably the best at going out and getting other jobs. Right? True. Yeah. Um, but I saw I found this online. These uh, two um, ladies that uh, are ads now. Um, they started. Um, it's called goforpasalliance.org, and uh, it's a really cool thing. Uh, they're raising money to help PAs. They're also uh, suffering. And if you're a PA, I would go to goforpasalliance.org uh, and look into it. Um, PAs, you guys are tough, tough. It's a tough thing. I think we we never had to do anything quite like this. I don't think so. Like in our track, no, we're no. just for a year. 2008 sucked for a lot of people. That was when the 100-day rider strike was. But. 2015, Jindal ran for president and <laughs> swept everything under the rug and everything came to a screeching yeah. moment. That's like That's six, eight months. Yeah. I mean, was, we're thinking, I'm like, we're looking at in October, the last long thing you and I worked on yeah. was October, and that's coming up in- Next month. It's yeah. Next month. Yeah. So 11, we're there. 11 months ago. So hearts out to UPAs. Love you guys. Stay strong. We'll call you soon. <laughs> I mean, noble profession. We think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we hope. Yeah, we, so. we don't exactly uh, know, but we're we have open. no idea. We um, are with you. And uh, uh, anyone, any closing thoughts or anything as far as uh, strike-related uh, topics? I, I mean, the thing. Okay, so back to the fact that we haven't really worked since October of 2022, and we're recording this on September third of 2023 yep you know i heard that it was it was just sort of like uh the producers guild they were like well we don't really want to get in to start to making something when we know that these talks are looming and i think that that's a crock of shit and it was like well let's get the ball rolling on starving people so it'll be a a good bargaining chip for us yeah and i think that that's disgusting it's hard not to yeah and uh and it's just terrible and so there you go. And to the point that they would rather hemorrhage money and and 
I don't know, feel right at the end of the day than just simply help people. Sure. Or, yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, it's really hard to sympathize with uh, a gigantic company worth billions of dollars. Yeah. But to that, we will say thank you, everyone who stuck it out uh, with us to the end of the episode. Uh, sorry if it wasn't our most exciting. We get into our normal interview format uh, starting next week. So we hope uh, you're looking forward to that as we are. And if you like what we're doing here, if you have thoughts, comments, questions, um, you can email us film folklore podcast at gmail.com and uh, we'll be up soon on the socials we'll get to all that in uh, coming episodes and uh, last if you like us subscribe leave a nice review we love five stars and um, who wants to uh, take us out love you besties that's a wrap stay strong y'all stay strong bye okay